Hey mama, are you terrified of labor? Are you wanting to get healthy for you and for your baby or your family? Maybe you're struggling to feel sexy postpartum. If that's you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Fit Mama podcast, where I'm spilling all of the pregnancy and postpartum secrets you need to know. I'm Sarah, your fitness bestie. I'm a certified prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist, certified Pilates instructor, and certified yoga teacher. I'm also a certified hot mess mama of a two-year-old boy, and I'm currently pregnant with identical twin girls. So reheat your coffee, settle in, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Fit Mama podcast. I am so excited about today's topic, not only because I am about 10 days out from being postpartum myself, but also because there is so much misinformation, so many misconceptions when it comes to postpartum and what that actually is. And so today I just want to go through and clear some things up and give you as a mom the tools and the information that you need to truly understand your own body, your own experiences and move forward. But as always, before we jump into our main topic, you know I've got to hit you with a bump update and our question of the week. This is actually a very exciting bump update for me because I am pretty sure this will be the last one that I give. If it's not the last one, it will be second to last. Today, I am 36 weeks pregnant. We made it. I opened up my pregnancy app this morning and It said that baby's lungs are fully developed by 36 weeks, which was our main concern when we were looking at the possibility of these girls being born prematurely. Um, If you listened back a couple podcasts ago, I talked about getting shots with um, some steroids that would help them with uh, that lung development and hurry things along. Uh, But we made it. We're at 36 weeks today. And I saw my doctor two days ago, was very pleased to see that the girls are still growing, which is incredible. Um, They are kicking, thriving. I feel them quite frequently kicking me. And uh, we are scheduling or we have scheduled my C-section for 10 days from now. So when this podcast goes up, I think they'll already be born. I'm not quite sure how scheduling is working out, but... I'm pretty sure they're already going to be here. So if you're not already connecting with me on Instagram and on TikTok, you're going to want to do that because the podcast run a little bit behind. Um, and so if you're wanting all of the twin updates, all of the postpartum updates in real time, that's where you're going to find it. In terms of how I'm doing physically, I feel really good. I am sleeping still really well. Uh, The only difference is now I am truly in a tapering season of training. Uh, And what I mean by tapering is, you know, before a big race, you have like a week or, or two where you taper off your workouts. Basically, you decrease the intensity with the idea that you want to give your body time to rest before the big day. Uh, You should be doing that whether you are having a natural vaginal birth or if you are having a C-section you are about to be under a lot of physical strain. And so you don't want to go into that with your body being fatigued. And so for me, that looks like taking off from strength training entirely. I have found that doing the strength training causes my body to react with some pretty intense Braxton Hicks. And my doctor has advised me 
to not provoke a lot of false contractions if I can avoid it because that might start to spark some real contractions. I'm not wanting to start the real thing. We are hoping to keep them in there just a little bit longer. So I have left strength training entirely. I am just now limiting myself to walks, stretching, and the occasional swim with my toddler. Where we live in Mexico, it is already beautiful weather. Uh, The pool is just about perfect for at least me right now. I'm hot all the time, so I don't mind the cool water. And so that's all I'm doing, just walking, a little bit of swimming, lots of stretching, and resting as much as possible. With a two-year-old, that's been a little bit difficult. He slept in our bed last night because at 3 a.m. he woke up and I could not be bothered to like put him back to sleep in his own room. So I brought him to our room and he spent the night with his head and hands on my face and his feet on my husband. So I'm sleeping as much as humanly possible, but some days it's a success and other days not so much. But in summary, everything is good over here. We are very excited to be basically in single digits to meeting these girls. Um, I've had a few dreams about them, about what they might look like. And so all of that is very, very exciting. But let's move on now to our question of the week. So this question came from a mama over on Instagram. She is actually also pregnant with twins. And she was noticing that after her workouts, she was having some pain on the front part of her legs, specifically that area where your thigh kind of connects to your hip or your belly. You might think about that as the creasing area there. And so we pinpointed the source of her pain as being her hip flexor. If you're not sure what the hip flexor is, don't worry. It's not something we're typically taught in school. Um, But a hip flexor, it's basically a group of muscles. And it kind of gives itself away in the name. It's located around the hip. And it helps you to flex the leg, meaning bring the knee up. Okay, so anytime you are walking and you've got your knee lifting, that is your hip flexor at work. And this is actually a really common source of pain for pregnant women and for women who are runners or who weight lift with improper form. Not saying that she was doing those things, but she is pregnant. So the source of hip flexor pain can vary, but in pregnancy specifically, it's usually due to postural changes. So usually a woman's posture will change one of two ways. They'll either have the booty kind of stick out, so they have a really, really deep lower back curve, or their booty will tuck under. And so they might notice that they kind of clench their glutes. And that is what leads to postpartum women feeling like they have no butt anymore. It's because they for so long have had their butt kind of clenched underneath them that those muscles have not been activating in the proper way. And they continue to clench during postpartum because they haven't even noticed that they've made this posture change. And then voila, the glutes have disappeared. Okay. So our solution for that hip flexor pain is to work on both strengthening and stretching. There are a lot of different ways that you can do this, but there are two stretches that can actually be modified to become strengthening type exercises that I love. So I sent her a picture over in our Instagram chat, but I'll try and explain it the best I can. You'll basically be transitioning from a low lunge 
to a half split position. So in a low lunge, just like it sounds, your front leg is out in front and to the side to make room for your belly. And your back leg, you want that knee as far back as you can get it. So pull that leg back with your toes and then push your pelvis forward at this diagonal. So you get a low lunge position first, and that will stretch out the front of the hip flexor. And then from there, you transition to the half split. So basically you move your glutes back. So they are stacked then over that back knee. That back knee is now bent and your front leg is lengthened. You can look this up on Google as well. If you're a visual person like me, just look up low lunge to half split and you will see a visual there. You want to inhale through that low lunge and then exhale as you move into the half split and just keep moving with your breath and kind of do that for like a minute or so. If your hands are touching the ground, it's more of a stretching exercise because you've got your hands helping you to support your weight. But if you want this to be a strengthening exercise for the hip flexors, you lift the hands. So then your hip flexors are having to practice that movement of forward and back and stability in between those two postures. So I love those two. They are favorites of mine. As an added bonus, if you've ever wanted to get the splits, these are key. You need to be doing them every day. And so that is my advice for her. Anyone who is a runner needs to be doing those stretches after every single run. And of course, like I said, during pregnancy, these are key. So now that we have covered our bump update, our question of the week, let's dive into postpartum. How long are you technically postpartum and what are the signs and symptoms of being in the postpartum period, even if you had your kids years ago? So what is typically considered the postpartum period is the first six weeks after giving birth, or depending on your culture, you might hear the first 40 days after giving birth. Here in Mexico, we have something called the cuarentena. Um, and if it sounds like quarantine, you wouldn't be all that far off because it is thought here that you should be in a somewhat of a quarantine during your first 40 days after giving birth. You should be with your babies and be kind of set apart from the world. Um, people tend to cater for you. And by people, I mean like your family members here will uh, take care of you during that time as you rest and recover in early postpartum. But you might be wondering, you know, what is so magical about the six week number or the 40 day number? What is going on during that time that makes us considered postpartum? The reason that we have this six week or 40 day figure is due to the fact that that is roundabout the amount of time that it takes for our uterus to return to its pre-pregnancy size. Now, keep in mind here, I said your uterus not your abdomen, not your body, just the uterus shrinking back down to size and your other organs then reclaiming their previous spots in the body. P.S. If you hear that sound in the background, that is my toddler. He is playing his little recorder. So that's fun. Um, I have listened back to this audio just now and I don't think it's super loud. So hopefully it's not hurting your ears. I'm going to try and push through and keep recording while he is entertained. 
So yeah, forgive me. Like I always say, you come here for the facts, not for this to be the most polished podcast in the world, right? Like I'm in the full on thick of it of mom life. So let's keep going. So returning to what I was saying, this postpartum period can typically considered to be around six weeks or 40 days because of the uterus shrinking back down to size. However, the uterus is not the only thing that changes during pregnancy. And this is why I take a big issue with the idea that we are no longer postpartum after 40 days or after six weeks. In fact, if we break down the actual meaning of the word postpartum, if we look at it at its root, it means after childbirth. That's it, after childbirth. So if we're getting really technical about it, once you have had a child, if you've ever gone through childbirth, you are postpartum permanently. But I want to talk in less of a technical standpoint and more of a practical standpoint. So what is my beef with the six-week mark? The idea that your body has returned back to normal at six weeks and that you are no longer in need of postpartum care is just completely inaccurate. If you've ever had a baby, you know this to be true. None of us at the six-week mark look or feel exactly as we did before we had our babies. And why should we? I mean, we put in nine months to create these beautiful babies. How is it that in six weeks, we're supposed to magically be back to what we were before we had our children? It's not feasible. It's not realistic. And so because of that, I take big issue with this six-week idea because also around that six-week mark, people no longer consider you postpartum. And so because of that, as if you weren't already abandoned enough beforehand, you are typically abandoned completely. That is when you have your appointment with your doctor. They give you your kind of final marching orders where you are basically good to go for sex and then they send you on your way with no real guidance. Most of the time, I don't want to talk bad about doctors, but most of the time they aren't providing you guidance on your actual postpartum healing because the uterus shrinking back down to size. Again, I cannot stress this enough is not the only thing that needs to happen postpartum for you to be healed. So what do I use as a better metric for postpartum? I actually diagnose, I don't know, that's not the right word. I'm not a medical professional. I do a diagnostic um, call with my clients where we go over something called the four P's. And I do this with every single client because it never fails to be something that is mind blowing and eye opening to these women. Now, the four P's is just the start of what I do with them. It's really just to give us an idea of where we need to dive in further. But I want to do that with you today, right now on this podcast, so you can get an idea of where, where some of your gaps might be in your postpartum healing. So let's go over each of the P's, and then you can have a better idea of what you need to address. So the first P is the most obvious one, and that is pee, as in urine. Do you have urinary incontinence still? Meaning that when you sneeze or laugh or cough, or when you're running, do you experience leaking? If you do, then you have something called urinary incontinence. And that means that you technically have at least one of the four P's and something that needs to be addressed. You are still in your postpartum healing. If you have urinary incontinence, do not believe the lie that you have to accept 
all of these things, all of these unpleasant postpartum effects like incontinence as a normal part of being a mother. It's not cute. It's not funny. I'm tired of it being made a joke on like TV shows and on social media. I get that joking through the pain can help us to cope, but why cope with the pain when you can actually treat it? Okay. So all that being said, that's our first P. P as in PP urine. You want to make sure that you're not leaking. The next P is also an obvious one. You will feel this if you've got it, which is pain. And I'm talking about pain anywhere in your pelvic region. This can be pain directly in the pelvis. So we're talking your pelvic floor or around the groin, but it might also be pain in the hips. For example, I have worked with many a client now who has had hip pain after giving birth. And a lot of that is due to relaxins effect on the body. So overall, we are looking for pain anywhere around the abdomen, the low back, the hips, or the pelvic region. And I'm not talking about just like an ache or pain that might be from a long day on your feet at work. I'm talking about pain that feels unusual or a kind of pain that you did not have prior to having your kids you will know it. It's a distinct kind of pain. Like I never used to deal with this. And ever since having my babies, I have this kind of pain X, Y, or Z. That's our second P. The third P might sound a little bit more abstract to some of you, but if you do deal with this P, you will know it. Okay. So the third P is pressure, specifically a downward feeling of pressure on the the pelvic floor. Another way to describe this feeling is just a general heaviness. You feel like your pelvic floor isn't exactly tight or kind of holding things together. In general, you can feel kind of a heaviness there. Or when you are doing certain exercises or walking, you feel like there's there's this downward pressure. I've even had clients describe it before as feeling like it was going to fall out down there, just a general weakness in that pelvic floor. That is our third P and it does indicate a weak pelvic floor. And again, a strong indicator that you are still in your postpartum recovery and need to be doing some rehabilitation. And our last P is the most abstract. Um, It's a little bit hard to describe, but the fourth P stands for pasta. So let me explain. This fourth and final P refers to a feeling of looseness in the abdomen, a feeling of it kind of being almost jello-like or pasta-like. So you can think about a pasta noodle. It's really flimsy. It can kind of move around in unpredictable ways. um, And in general, it's just kind of weak. So that is what we mean by pasta. This overall feeling of your abdomen being kind of weak, maybe feeling a little bit floppy. It doesn't feel held together. That is our fourth P. And again, another strong indicator that you are postpartum in the practical sense of the word. Like I said, technically, once you've had a child, you are postpartum for life. But in terms of your body's recovery, we are going to focus on this initial diagnostic of the four P's today. Now, like I said, this is a very superficial 
diagnostic tool that I use when I begin working with my clients, just to give me an idea of where I need to dig in further. So if a client tells me that they are feeling pressure, I will proceed to have them do other self-diagnostic tests so I can get a better idea of where that pressure is stemming from and what muscles we need to strengthen to make sure that they recover from that. You may have one or multiple of the P's. I have worked with clients who've only had one. I've worked with clients who have had all four. I've worked with clients who had none of them, but were just wanting to feel hot again after having their kids. All of those things are totally manageable. They are goals that we can work through. Um, And I don't want you to feel like your body is broken if you're sitting here now thinking, I have two, three, or four of these peas. Your body's not broken. It is just postpartum. That's the only thing you need to know. It's postpartum and we can work through it so that you can get to a place where your body feels fully functional again. And that is the main point I want to underline for you, okay? You do not have to settle. I know that society has made it sound like once you become a mom, you just need to accept your body with whatever it looks like, however it functions. That's just part of being a mom now. That's what they will tell you. I tend to, no, I flat out disagree. I believe that that narrative is pushed because it is easier to try and convince moms to laugh through their pain and through their insecurities than to actually provide the postpartum care and attention that they need and deserve. The truth of the matter is you can heal your body. You can get to a place where you no longer need to cross your legs every time that you sneeze or worry that you're going to pee your pants if you laugh too hard when you're out with your friends. You can heal yourself to the point where you don't feel pain in your hips and in your pelvis and around your vagina when you're having sex. You can heal your body so that you don't have this feeling of pressure on your pelvic floor where you're afraid it's just going to give out on you. It's so weak. And you 100% can heal your body and bring your core back together so that it feels tight again. You shouldn't have to settle for like a loose not yourself feeling in your abdomen just because you're a mom. In fact, because you're a mom, you deserve someone to take care of you just as you are taking care of your kids. So returning to our initial topic, you know, how long are you postpartum for? Is it six weeks? Is it 40 days? It might be, but for many, many women, it is much longer than that. And for the women who don't receive the kind of care and support and education and training that they need, they will forever be living these postpartum side effects or these effects of pregnancy that are not desirable. They are permanently postpartum, we'll say, in the practical sense of the word. Again, I really, really hope that this podcast doesn't discourage anyone, especially if you are noticing that your body has got a lot going on. I don't want you to feel like you're broken. You're not broken. You just need some extra special attention. You need some targeted exercise to help your body to recover. And that is so, so doable, mama. But I have to be super honest with you here too. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Okay. If you are listening to this podcast and realizing that your body is in need of some TLC, and then you go about your merry way and you don't do anything about it, nothing's going to change. A year from now, you will still be dealing with the same issues, the same pain, the same P, the same X, Y, and Z 
that you are right now. And if you don't want to still be dealing with that a year from now, or God forbid, add on another pregnancy to that and add on more pain and just make all of these symptoms worse, then you need to take some action. As you probably already know, I am on maternity leave at this point. However, I will be returning to coaching fairly soon. And so if you want to make sure that you are among the first people to know when I am accepting clients again, you want to make sure that you get all the information on private coaching so you can actually be an action taker, that you can start to work towards healing your body, you're going to want to get on the wait list because Let's be honest, with a toddler and twins, I'm not going to have a lot of time. So my clientele list is going to be very limited for a while. I mean, I don't know how long, but the number of clients that I can take on is going to be fairly, fairly small for the near future. So I've already got two women who are signed up and ready to go with me as soon as I get off of maternity leave and have maybe two or three more spots um, for other women who are interested. So if you want to be one of those two or three action takers, now is the time to start taking the action. Okay, go ahead and send me a message over on Instagram and we will talk. If you haven't connected with me yet on socials, my handle for both Instagram and TikTok is sarahkelly.co. That's Sarah with an H, Kelly with an E-Y dot C-O. And until the next podcast, mama, enjoy your coffee, reheat it if you need to, and drink an extra cup for me.